Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in University, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? It's Monday, November the 2nd, the day before the biggest election of our lives. According to every news media right now, welcome to the podcast, ReChurch Podcast, coming to you live from Tyler Armstrong's office. I'm here with Thomas Winborn. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. What's up with you, man? Dude, not much, bro. Um, Legit, like seriously, have you like seen, like, I don't know, I, you don't have cable though, do you? No. Okay, so I don't have cable either, but like, you know, I tune in cable news every, day, every so often just to see what's going on, see if the world's on fire. You know, yeah, we talked about that's that. that's what I do every morning. Yeah. <laughs> just see if the world's on fire and it's like, tune in for the biggest election of our lives. <laughs> and you're like, they say this every year. Every time. It's always <laughs> every, the biggest election. Every year. It's always the biggest election. Some people listening right now are going, it is the biggest election. <laughs> Uh, but it was last time too. Yeah, it was the last four years, and then yeah. four four years from now, which I would actually argue twenty twenty four. Well, it might be depending on how it goes this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just depends on how how much longer our democracy lasts. And so, anyway, on that note, who you've been worshiping with lately? You <laughs> <laughs> leave that hanging. Uh, so Matt Boswell and Matt Papa, they have a song that we're going to use as a primary for us for Christmas called "Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery," mm-hmm. and um, I I think it's a very Christmas song, but it's not just for Christmas. Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a really song. great song. It's such a worshipful song too. It, 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 it's the gospel. I mean, like the entire yeah. song is the gospel. Yeah. And I don't just say that. Like, I mean, you sing the gospel a lot, but I mean, goodness, it's beautiful. Well, Matt Boswell writes everything very congregationally, mm-hmm. and so it's just an excellent song to be used with the congregation. It's very easy to sing, easy to play. I mean, it's just a really, really good stuff. For sure, so. I love uh, and, and both of those guys, Matt Boswell, Matt Baba, Matt Papa. I said Baba, <laughs> Matt Papa. And there's another Matt, too, uh, the Matt from uh, Mark Dever's church. I don't remember his last name. Merkel. Yeah, Matt Merkel. And yeah. so the, the Matt's, Triple M. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, for me, I'm going to recommend Low Born King by Modern Post, which you recommended Modern Post last week. Yeah. And so, um, man, like, so November 1st, my wife and I, like, we we had to come to, like, a, a consensus on this. We got married in 2016, and, like, she is, like, Christmas nut. All right. My family didn't put Chris like Christmas up until like after Thanksgiving. My wife would put it up like in the middle of October if I would let her. So November the first. I would put it up like the twenty fourth of December if I could. <laughs> November the first, our tree goes up. So our tree went up last night. So like I'm in Christmas mode right now. Like I'm already in it. Yeah, I was already hearing about you having some music in here this morning that was Christmas music. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to get in the jolly spirit. And so I whistle so. three songs in my life, mm-hmm. like as I walk around. One of them is the circus song, and it's usually in a moment where I feel like I'm in the middle of a circus. In my head, I'm whistling it, Mm -hmm. and I'll whistle it out loud. Another one is, uh, it's it's a song by Guns N' Roses, and then another song. What song uh, is it by Guns N' Roses? I can't remember the title right now. Uh, It's one on one of their later albums. Okay, that was. uh, it's just that he starts off whistling in the song. Mm-hmm. It's just like imprinted in my gotcha. brain. Okay. And then the uh, the third is actually Jingle Bells. But it never hits me in the head in November and December. It only hits me in the other 10 months of the year. I don't know why. It just never comes out. It never does. <laughs> my wife loves Christmas. She thinks it is the best. And she wants to decorate and go all out. And I'm like, we're going to put the tree up again. Is it Patience yeah. by Guns N' Roses? It is Patience. Okay. That's it. Patience. I Googled whistle song Guns N' Roses. So. <laughs> Yeah. It was so very good, but yeah. that's how it starts off. Yeah, but the the beard is not blocking your whistling. It right is. It and is. So, okay, so what book do you recommend for this genre? Like any kind of conversation starter? Well, so we're talking about this week 
politics, political extremism, mm-hmm. God and country. And so um, I've, I've got two books listed, one by Mark Dever called God and Politics. It's a really easily accessible book by anybody. And very pastoral. It is. It is mm-hmm. very small. It, it's, it might cost three or four bucks to buy it. It's like a really good little book. I would just say Kindle it if you're into that sort of thing. And then the other one is, I haven't even read this book fully, but David Platt, Before You Vote is a book obviously it's a little too late to be getting that book now let's read it tonight as you get a kindle you know mm-hmm. do it that way but um i love platt i love his take on things and i yeah. think that um it's a great resource for people that is going to come at things from a very gospel-centered perspective for sure so. um both those guys are really solid and my favorite thing is about those two guys they're both pastors on the ground yeah like one of our favorite theologians that we like you know systematic theolo- theologians he's recently started dabbling into politics and I'm like, he doesn't need to though. And I'm like, this one, I'm my like, brother, man. I've got his book. I might give it away. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like brother. Stick to um, the, stick to theology. Stick to God proper theology. Yeah, yeah, theology proper. Yeah, like, yeah. like you, you kill it there, bro. Then yeah. why are you dabbling? Okay, so anyway, two books I would recommend: Onward by Russell Moore. Um, Russell Moore is the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission from the Southern Baptist, kind of like our guys who go to D.C. and like kind of plead on our behalf. Yeah. Um, I love Russell Moore. I know, like, yeah, he's, he's yeah, great. He's, he's great. Some, I mean, some people don't like him because yeah. I mean, 2016, like, he kind of got right through the coals. He got nailed pretty hard. And so, uh, yeah. but that book is phenomenal. Um, I love it. It is a good book. And then, um, How the Nations Rage by uh, Jonathan Lehman. And essentially, the tagline is is rethinking faith and politics in a divided age. Yeah. And, and the so, big thing with that book is, though, it's everybody wouldn't enjoy reading that book. No, so it's, it's very a, heady, very intellectual. Yeah, but it's a really good book. But I would say that that I I didn't really enjoy the read personally. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I read it. Yeah. You know, so. I like it a lot. But you know, I mean, I'm a big Lehman Dever fan. You know. Yeah. Concerned Deverite. A Deverite. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so on political extremism, um, man, this topic, uh, I wish I could have been at the front of the church. I'm going to be honest with you because what? like some of your lines that you said, like some of like your like one hitters, like it was like the, you know, I call them, I call them the haymakers. I wish I could have seen some of the eyes over the mask, you yeah, know, like, sure. <gasps> like, you know, kind of yeah. like that taken back <laughs> moment. And so like one line that you said, like, you know, God isn't al- like, like Christians, like everything, like our beliefs aren't aligned with like one political party. Yeah, like not one political there was party. Guys at that stage. Yeah, man. When you said yeah. that, I was like, ooh. And I was in both services like, yesterday, yeah. so I was like, oh man, like I wish I could have been in the front and seen some of those like looks. And yeah. so, but man, like I mean, I was in there. Um, I was amen, and I was coming on. Like I mean, I was like, man, it was good, bro. So I really appreciated your, you know, faithfulness to the word yesterday and tackling mm-hmm. this topic head on. Sure. Um, so one of the things that stood out to me was that you know I love this line that you said, "Don't give your heart to this country; give your heart to our King." So, yeah, and I mean, yeah. I have to put that in context a little bit because yeah. we're talking about how do we, we kind of moved out of using that verse in, in Matthew 22, verse 21, where Jesus says, render to Caesar things that are Caesar's, render to God things that are God's. Yeah. In other words, you know, you're, you're using coinage that's got Caesar's name on it. Well, give it back if he wants it. But with God, you're, you're, you are imprinted with his image, so yes. you belong to him. So the totality of who you are belongs to God. Yeah. Which, so, and, and, you know, some scholars, and I think you probably read this in some of the commentaries, that's one of the things that's kind of like this like double entendre and what Jesus yeah, is saying, yeah. like, you know, render to Caesar's what is Caesar's, like this coin, yep. we give to God's what is God's, and like, we are God's image. That's right. And so we give ourselves to the Lord. And so like, I mean, yeah. like, there's kind of this like, this, this, when you look at it in the Greek, you're like, ooh, Jesus yeah. like coming over the top rope on these dudes. Like, you know. Yeah, it was so, really, really good statement, really wise. It was just what Jesus does, right? It's just right? Jesus, man. But I mean, when I talk about surrender your hearts to God, and I made that statement, don't give your heart to this country, give your heart to our king. I don't mean we don't love our country and we yeah. don't die for our 
our country and those kind of things. I'm a big I'm a big person on patriotism. I, I love our country. Um, I did not serve in our military, and my father did. A lot of my family has, yep. and I would serve our country even now if called upon to do so. But um, and I I would I would die for serving my brothers and sisters in this community. You know, for I would sure. do that. But what I mean by that is, your ultimately your heart can only be given to one thing. Yes. And I believe it needs to be given over to our king and not to our country. Amen to that. Yeah. And, and, and so many, and this is something that, you know, I, I think I said at the beginning of the service when, during the call to worship, whenever we were, you know, reading scripture, is that no policy, nothing we can do can save people like the gospel can. Yeah. You know, and, and, and listen, ultimately, and which this kind of moves into, you know, kind of the, another one of your big statements that you said, um, ultimately, whatever happens Tuesday or January or whenever this whole thing gets resolved, because uh, it's going to be a mess y'all. Like, I mean, it's going to be messy. Yeah, I don't think it'll be resolved anytime this week. No, I don't, but I'm just, I'll, I'll say my political commentary for later. Uh, but, um, anyway, um, if you want to, if you want to talk politics with me, come hit me up. I'm Thomas and I, we, 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 we can, we talk about this all day. And so, but ultimately though, it's a part of God's sovereign plan, you sure. know, and we need to trust in the Lord and realize that our citizenship is in heaven. Yep. While we're citizens of this country, we are seriously, though, strangers and exiles, sojourners and exiles passing through yep. until we get to our true homeland. Well, I mean, and while we're here, we're not just passing through, no. right? we're emissaries. Yeah, we're emissaries of the kingdom. We're, yeah. we're you know, seek the welfare of the city, as like we mentioned in Jeremiah. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, and, and even church history wise, man, I mean, like during pandemics, guess who the people were out churches. there serving in the streets? Yeah, churches. Churches, man. I mean, like the, the Roman, the Roman government empire would have fell a lot earlier if it wouldn't been for the churches serving the sick during different pandemics yeah. that passed through. And so and they didn't have masks. They didn't have modern medicine, which is so stinking cool to me because I'm like, man, they gave their lives, you know, just sure. to serve these people. And so, um, which leads to this line, you know, whoever becomes our next president, Trump or Biden, God will use our president to accomplish his sovereign end, whatever that end might be. Yeah. Woo. Well, I mean, it's, it, I here's mean, the thing, on. right? I've been, I've been dealing with people my whole life and I, I've felt it. I've experienced it where, man, if this person wins, our country is going to disintegrate. Yeah. Or if this person ends, it's going to blow up. If this, if this person wins, we're going to see, like right now, people think that we're going to see riots everywhere. We're going to see, um, you know, people like destroying cities. And that might happen. But at the end of the day, nothing happens outside of God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And so whoever is the president will be used by God to whatever end he wants to use mm -hmm. them, either to destroy our country if, if he deems that's what's necessary or to bring it to prosperity or just to maintain it. It doesn't, we can still, we still need to fight for right things. We still need to push to be a good citizen and be political at some level. But at the end of the day, God's going to use whoever wins or loses to, to his sovereign end. And yeah. we can trust that nothing can overthrow him. Right. And we forget that I, I watch too much Fox news or too much CNN. Mm -hmm. I get tied up and I get mad. And I started getting my heart wrapped up in, in these things instead of recognizing, man, I, I'm a saved individual and Jesus is my king and nobody can change that and nobody can overcome that. For know? sure. And that's something that like, you know, even myself, I have to like commit my heart to and realize that no matter who wins, I need to commit my heart to pray for them. I need I need to I need to pledge myself to pray for them to say you know what God put them in that position for his sovereign end sure you know um and and, and, and say listen like you know praise the good things they do like praise I mean because like that's what we need to realize when you praise the good things that happen and then we need to also you know critique the bad things that happen as well yeah. as believers and that's and that's the thing that like 
no president is perfect. No president is sovereign as the Lord is. And no president's going to do things that line up 100% with the Bible. Sure. Not even Donald Trump, right? I mean, yeah. and, 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 just, and just saying that, I mean, like the other day I saw somebody post, they're like, man, he's the greatest president ever. And I'm like, Okay, number one, like historically speaking, we don't know that. Like, like there's yeah. no way. We don't even know the full impact of Obama's presidency, not even really the full impact of Clinton's presidency if we go further back. You know, it takes time to see those things, right? But ultimately, though, if this is— If they're not re- rewritten by revisionists. Yeah, revisionist yeah. history, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're, shoot, we're living in that in 1984. I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Great, great time to visit Orwell. And so, <laughs> um, but ultimately, though, this is what I'm saying. We need to realize that whoever is sitting in that seat, as Thomas pointed out yesterday— that God is going to use them to his sovereign end. Romans 13 assures us of that. Mm-hmm. First Peter assures us of that. And we're talking about men in these scriptures who wrote the scriptures who were living underneath oppressive governments. I mean, I mean, the Roman government was very oppressive. Yeah. I mean, especially the Jews. I mean, like, I mean, occupation right there. Um, and what does Peter say? Pray for the emperor. That's right. And so whoever, you know, whether you're voting for Biden or for Trump on Tuesday morning, you he didn't know, just say, he didn't just say pray for the emperor, he says honor, honor the, the emperor. emperor. Yeah. Honor the I emperor. Mean, pray for them, but honor them. Honor them. That's a lot different. Yes. Because I mean, look at, look at our churches right now. If, if let's just say that it is a, and we're talking most of our churches in the South are conservative evangelicals. Mm-hmm. They're going to be voting for Trump. Yes. Let's just say that, that Biden wins. Yeah. How many of our people would honor Joe Biden? Man, this is and this is one of the things that like I think a lot of people are kind of have this like election anxiety about, you know, is we're so divided right now. Is the other side going to respect the other side as the president? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, well, and so it's, already, it's not been happening for the last four years. It hasn't been happening for the last four years, and it didn't happen in the last eight years before no, that. You know, right. I mean, yeah. like really, I mean, really, 2012 was kind of the turning point for a lot of people. And so, and then just with other decisions like the Obergefell decision that came down, all, all these different things that have came down. There's kind of been this disrespect, you know, and we as believers need to model the respect that God calls us to in the word of God, not let our political policies mark us as, you know, as who we are, but let the scriptures mark us as who we are. And one of those things is honoring that person, respecting that person and praying for that person, whoever is in that position, because ultimately if they succeed, America succeeds. And that's what we need to realize as a people, if America, if if the president is successful, America is successful. Now define success. That's different things, but um, there was this one line though um, that that you know you said your wife said. Yeah, I didn't is, even I didn't even yeah. say this in this in the uh, first in service, first service yeah. but in the second service I did give her the credit for it because she deserves it. So we we're sitting there, and I was walking through my sermon. Yeah. After I kind of developed it, and I was struggling through some of the phrasings and some of the points, and um, I just asked her to look over it, and um, I, I actually read it to her. She's kind of my sounding board, <clears throat> and um, uh, when I did, she just had a comment, and it was about. How man, something about being wrecked, and about how our country shouldn't be wrecked over our politics and our political state. If we as Christians should only be wrecked about the lostness, and so I just kind of refashioned that a little bit. But the fact, the point of what it was said was, let us never be wrecked by the state of our country, but let us always be wrecked by the eternal state of our countrymen. Man, and, I, and that, that's a. It was powerful in my heart when I heard it, you oh, know, and it was goodness. It was powerful to say it. I felt like it was a really strong thing that I think resonated with the congregation, and I think it resonates with our hearts. If you're a believer, it you're like, gosh, yes, I'm so wrapped up in this, but am I really wrapped up in the souls of the people I see as my enemy right now? Man, am I wrapped up in with the the soul state of the person I disagree with at work? Am I am I spending as much time watching 
news about this stuff as I am sharing Jesus. For sure. It's a, it's a major, it's a major kind of, I guess, imprinting statement. Yeah. And, and, and like, I mean, I saw it posted all over Facebook yesterday. I mean, like, I mean, like it resonated in the parts of our people because I think that we fall into the outrage machine so much. Sometimes we yeah. talked about this a few weeks ago yeah. about how everything is there to tick you off, you know, and that's what gets views. That's what draws abuse. But man, when you view the person on the other side of the aisle, uh, as the Imago Day, you know, created in the image of God. You know, going back to, you know, render to Caesar's what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When you view other people as the image of God, it should change us and then realize that, man, there are lost people on both sides of the aisle. There are, there are lost Republicans. There are lost Democrats. And ultimately, you are closer to the brother, you know, that's a believer that you may disagree with on some politics, on some political issues. Right. Man, I, I just go back to, I think it was uh, Spurgeon that said this, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap over our dead bodies to get there. You yeah. know, I mean, if sinners be damned, let them leap over our dead bodies. Yeah. Man, are we willing to do that for, you know, the person who is the, the hardened atheistic abortion supporter? Are we willing to do that for, you know, the person who is in a gay marriage right now that's voting for Joe Biden tomorrow that's lost? Are we willing to do that for the moderate person that, you know, that they, they which me and Ron were talking about this the other day. I don't know how somebody is undecided still in this election, but, you know, at the same time, like for the undecided person who's lost, are we willing to lay down our lives for them for the sake of their eternity? I mean, not just the sake of our country, but for the sake of their eternity like that, like that gives me chills. Like, I mean, like, I mean, because I'm saying I'm like, man, like I know so many people right now, especially my age that are not voting the way that I'm going to be voting tomorrow, right? Um, and I'm sitting there going, okay, on Wednesday morning, or late November, or December, or January, when this all is settled down and the dust settles, if it ever settles, yeah. What can, what can I do to preserve my witness with them? And how can I reach them for the gospel? How can I show them Jesus? Because that's what the tr- ultimate call of the church is. The ultimate yeah. call of the church is not to be this political stomping ground. The ultimate call of the church is not to be this like, you know, this right wing bastion of, you know, of conservative politics. The call of the church is to be faithful to and obedient to Jesus and to be faithful and obedient to his word. That's the call of the church, be led by the spirit in the midst of that and to give glory to God. That is the call of the church, not to be political, but to be obedient to Jesus. So what is the best way we can be obedient to Jesus? That's what we need to be asking ourselves on Tuesday. It's really hard because, I mean, it's so divided across topics, right? I mean, that's why I don't see myself as a party guy. I see myself as an issues person. For sure. And so I I think it's hard because there are some things, I think generally speaking, most conservative evangelicals line up on the big ones like abortion. They line up on the big ones. Same-sex marriage. Same-sex marriage. And uh, at the same time, though, I mean, there's there's definitely scriptures that back that side. And there's also a lot of scriptures that I read several yesterday that talk a lot about the rights of the destitute. They talk a lot about caring for the fatherless and not just those that are unborn, but those that have been born and that are, are in poverty, you know, and, and that are in a place where they don't have any help. And so, but I think we, we oftentimes will rally around abortion or same-sex marriage being somewhere against that and, and against abortion. And people will 
to the neglect of the others, act like those things aren't even there or aren't as big of a deal. And when we act like it's not a big deal, we're telling the other side that like we really don't line up with Jesus's values. Yeah, those are very big deals. And if you look at ourselves, and I'm gonna say something that, that, that definitely could be used against me right here. That it. if we think about this for a minute, I really pushed on but did not connect the dots. Some will connect the dots, and I'm gonna connect it now. We are aliens and exiles. We are foreigners in a land that is not our home. Mm -hmm. And so how we treat and how we think about immigrants and other foreigners coming to our land is something that has to be put through a gospel-centered lens. And the opportunities we have to impact other nations with the gospel if we reach those folks. Like, it it has to impact our, our views on people coming from outside our country. Not to mention the historical part of that, that yeah. we all came from somewhere else than here, unless you're 100% Native American, which even yeah. they came from somewhere else at some point, right? So um, I just think that that's something that, that we oftentimes don't want to talk about um, from a biblical perspective, but all of it needs to be seen through a gospel-centered, blood-stained lens and not through the lens of one particular political party. For sure. You know, and, and on top of that, like, you know, I would say that the majority of our church leans heavily conservative Republican. Sure. You know, t- 2012, the exit day polls showed this 12% of Americans who voted in the presidential election that year had no religious affiliation of those who have no religious affiliation. 70% said they voted Democrat 70%, you know? And so like, I would say this, you can't blurt at somebody on Facebook and reach them at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I mean, you want to shut down your witness? Like, I mean, going on and making these posts about how, you know, stupid the Democrats are and how stupid the left is, you could be shutting down your witness with somebody that disagrees with you, you know? And so, I mean, like what you just said, not everything we do lines up perfectly. I mean, the scriptures don't line up with a political party. And guess what? Welcome to Christianity throughout the centuries. Yes. Welcome to say, well, welcome to the church. Because, I mean, if you look at the Roman Empire, they didn't fit in. If you look at any empire throughout the history of the world, the church does not fit in. And when the church started to fit in, Thomas, that's when the church lost its power. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I mean, yeah, dude. I even had a quote out of the ESV notes out of the passage I was looking at. that basically said, anytime you see that the church aligns with a particular political group, the church ceases to be the church of the New Testament eventually. It's pretty strong, man. It's strong. It's very real. Yeah. I mean, we can't align ourselves with the politics of one party unless that one party is the church. Yeah. I mean, you just can't do it. I found this quote from from Leslie uh, Newbegin, missionary, early missionary. He said this, when the church tries to embody the rule of God in the forms of earthly power, it may achieve that power, but it is no longer a sign of the kingdom. Yep. And that's not because I dislike one party and like one over the other. It's not about that at all. It's just we don't have one political party that is strictly aligned with the church and a conservative view of scripture. If we did, I'd align with it. But we don't have that. And so I I understand we have to pick a side. There's only really two parties here. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to pick a side or pick a a, a liberal libertarian vote that that essentially won't matter in the long run of this election. Yeah. Um, It may matter for later because they may become an official party if they get 3% of the vote, whatever. But but I'm just saying right now we have to pick a side. I get that. If you're going to maintain and be a good citizen and then exercise your right to vote. But the bigger part of that is, is once you've done that, are you still exercising your your obligation as a Christian to reach those you disagree with, with the gospel that they need? And that's just it, y'all. Like as we continue to strive to be the church who Jesus intended us to be, you know, as we, I mean, which is the purpose of this Rechurch podcast, diving into these issues from that angle. You know, when we walk out of the voting booth on Tuesday, 
especially in our state. Now, some of you who listen to this, you know, out of state people, you may be early voted. That's awesome. I wish Alabama had that. You know, I would have voted yeah, two weeks ago. To but um, tomorrow, when you go to vote, when you walk out, your mission as the Great Commission, living out the Great Commandment in your neighborhood, that's your ultimate mission. You know, you can be political, you can stand up for political things, political policies, but ultimately your goal is to reach the lost, you know, reach the lost, seek out the welfare of the city. And the way you can do that is mostly by giving the gospel, giving the gospel of Jesus. So we're going to close out by telling who we're voting for. Thomas, who are you voting for? I'm kidding. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Jesus. But uh, I, I, I was about to say, yet. I was about to say, uh, I was about to say Jesus, right? Like that's my vote. And so um, I'm writing him in tomorrow. His vice president is going to be me. And so, um, <laughs> kidding. I would actually, you know, honestly, if this guy would vote, if this guy would run, I'd vote for him. Nick Saban. That dude can run a tight ship of a football program. All right. <laughs> I'm an Auburn fan. I'm an Auburn fan, but I got to say it. I would vote for Nick Saban. All right. Like, wow. Yeah, dude. No, Did listen. you hear that? I think Tyler just put it out there and Nick needs to respond to that. Now, Nick Saban respond to this. Will you run for political office one day? If you will, you have my vote. Oh, we'd have all of Alabama. If oh, it was my popular vote, you'd have dude. people turning out all day long. <laughs> dude, Al- no, all the Auburn fans wouldn't vote for him. See, I'm an Auburn fan, but I mean, like, I can't stand Nick Saban as a person. But, dude, as a leader, like, I want him to write a leadership book, man. Like, he has this one quote, be where your feet are. That's, good. That's a great line. But anyway, back to tomorrow. Get out and vote. Practice your, you know, your, your right as an American. But always, always, always remember your mission as a Christian and your obligation as a Christian. Thank you for joining us on the ReChurch Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon next week.